friends, and welcome to the Mr. Maxwell Podcast. So today I wanted to talk, maybe rant a little bit, about grades, studying, and children's mental health in our K-12 education. As a teacher and as a parent, one of the things I fail to remember sometimes is that the journey through our K-12 education system is not an easy road. It's tough being a kid, and while there may be more conveniences than ever before, the problems some children face are less about external threats than it is about their mental health and well-being. One area where this becomes an issue is with their grades. As an educator, I'm not a big fan of how we track and document student progress. There's too much of a focus on the end result and not enough on the child's progress and growth. A good grade often makes a child feel quote-unquote smart, while a bad grade or a poor grade can often make a child feel quote-unquote dumb or stupid. I try to encourage my students to focus more on the process and on the work than on the end result, and I try to encourage and praise their growth and hard work in an attempt to put the focus on developing grit than on simply praising them for the end result. If they do well, I try to focus or I try to remember to focus on why and how they got that end result, not just the end result itself. As a parent, I try to do the same thing, focus on the work and habits that my children are building rather than just the grade I get. Today, I wanted to share a moment when one of my children did not get the grade they wanted and how I tried to handle that as a parent. Because, let's be honest, there are going to be days when our children come to us distraught over their bad grades. Like I said, this recently happened to one of my kids. And here's my advice on what to do when your child comes to you upset about getting a bad grade. First, just comfort the child. For them, this is a big deal, and we need to understand this. Try not to criticize them, and try not to put it in perspective right away. They might not be in the headspace for it, right? Try to feel how they feel in the moment. And there's definitely a time for reframing that situation, but right now might not be the right time. I focus on validating their feelings and just be there for them. And that's what I try to do because as a teacher and as a parent, my instinct was to immediately start questioning them on how did you handle this? What did you what did you do? What is your study plan? Did you do X, Y, and Z activity? But even before the words left my mouth, I realized that in the moment, my child just needed me to be there for them. So that's what I did. I did tell them that I had some advice to give and some thoughts to share when they were when they were ready to listen to it. So I gave them control over that. And after sitting with me for a moment, they just left the room. And a while back, a while back, wow, words. They came back when they were ready. And then I was able to talk to them about mindset and suggested three things that might help them in the future. So the first thing we did, we talked about putting that moment in perspective. I told them that their grade is not a measure of their intelligence. They're not smart or dumb based on one grade. What matters more are the habits that you have and the willingness to do the work. 
If your child is doing everything the teacher asks them to do and they're still struggling, this still does not mean that they're dumb. It may simply mean that they need more support in a certain area. It could be the way the material is delivered. It could be their neurotype and how they process information, right? It might mean they need some more support in that area. Like I said, it could be that they were not set up for success by their previous teacher. They might have started the grade. They might not have been ready for the grade they were entering in. And it might not even be the current teacher's fault. And quite frankly, most of our students today are still dealing with the after effects of the pandemic and how that impacted their education. So while validating the child's frustration or disappointment or discouragement, also encourage them to not allow the grade to define who they are as a student or as a person. All right, now it's time for the advice that I gave. I try to keep it simple. Don't give your child more than three things to work on at a time. Anything more than that's just going to overwhelm them and they're not going to be able to get anything done. And whatever advice you do give them, be clear about what those steps are and how to do it. And if they need help with executing those steps, offer to help them with it. So my three suggestions that I gave to my child were, number one, to set up a calendar and schedule to keep track of their school and extracurricular activities. I showed them how to see this on their calendar, the calendar on their school computer, and how to import that calendar onto their phone. After all, if kids are going to have devices, these devices need to be more than toys or just ways to talk to friends, more than ways to consume content. We as parents need to be teaching our children how to use their devices, be it a tablet or a phone, to help them to be more productive and efficient with their time. And so that's what we did. We set up the calendar and put in all the extracurricular activities and identified where the best times for studying, working on school projects was throughout the week. And I encourage my child to check and update their calendar every week because that's what I do. As an adult, I go over my calendar, my routines, my to-do list once a week to make sure that I'm set up for the week. And as my children become ready for that advice, I try to offer that to them and encourage them to do the same. Number two, to find YouTube videos that inspire them to become a better student. To look for videos that offer study tips and advice for middle and high school students. Though I did argue that a lot of college study videos also have great advice that middle and high school students can take advantage of. Because I mean, YouTube is amazing. YouTube is a treasure trove of information. And if we're going to be on YouTube and social media, then I really believe that at least 50% of the content we consume should be inspiring us to grow and to be better people and to be better at what we do, whether it's work or school. And also when we're following content creators that are growing or becoming better or effective in areas of our lives that we want to become more effective in, when we see them all the time, they, they end up kind of becoming part of our virtual peer group. When we see a person constantly seeking to level up their lives and we begin to identify with that person, we are more likely to want to do the same for ourselves. Now, this is not a guarantee. It depends on your personality type and what influences you. But for most of us, we are influenced by those we spend a lot of time around. 
And I believe that while this is very true for the people we spend time around in real life, this is also true for those we spend a lot of virtual time around with as well. And building on that is my tip number three, which was for my child to try playing a study with me video during their next homework session. I believe that this is referred to as body doubling. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's just like where it's easier to work out in the gym because you're at the gym and everybody else is working out. So it's like, this is what they're doing. So I'm more likely to want to do what everyone else is doing. Same thing when you're studying or you're in a focus work session. If you have a video playing of somebody else also studying and working, it is easier for you to get back to what you're supposed to be doing because you see somebody else on task and it's kind of a visual cue of what you need to be doing as well. Now, again, this might not work for everybody, but it has worked very well for me and there have been a number of people and I really probably shouldn't say that without actually citing studies, so I won't say it, but I do believe it's effective for many. Now, none of these habits that I suggested for my child will fix everything right away. It takes time to build habits, and it takes time for them to begin to show results. But again, the focus is not on the quick fix. It is on building, maintaining, and improving the systems by with which we live our daily lives. The goal is to focus on the habits, not just on the material for that one particular class. These skills that I shared will help you not only with the one, again, like I said, not just with that one subject, but it'll help you with everything you do as a student. And by learning how to streamline your productivity, my hope is that these habits, once perfected, will help my child and also you anytime you need to manage your time or your life well, or anytime you have a large task that you're struggling with. Anyway, let me know what you think. If you're watching this on YouTube, please let me know in the comments. If you're listening to this on the podcast, please find me on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter and let me know what your thoughts are. What do you do to help you stay focused when you're dealing with a setback at work or at school with your grades? What habits do you have in place to help you be successful in everything that you do in your life? All right, friends, it's time for your next adventure. I'll miss you. Cheers. Thank you, friends, for listening to the Mr. Maxwell Podcast. If you'd like to see what else I am up to, you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, all at Mr. Underscore Maxwell 16. Please, I'd love to hear from you. Um, let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me, think of, let me know if there are any other things you'd like me to talk about. All right, friends, hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.